Praise the Lord. I want to read with you a verse we had it up there before. And this was the verse. It says, If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believed. And Jesus spoke those words to a man who's in a desperate situation. And uh, what he had was he had a son who had epileptic attacks. A, a wicked spirit, a deaf and dumb spirit had come around that man, young boy. And from when he was very, very young, the boy would throw himself into fires. He'd throw himself into water. He was quite self-destructive. Can you imagine what it must be like to be a parent and you've got a child who's tormented, troubled, and suicidal, self-destructive, and you have to watch him all the time? You never know when a spirit would come upon his life. And that father, I suppose, had many, many very incredibly painful experiences of a, of a child that was hurling himself into fire, hurling himself into water. He must have had some traumatic experiences, and so he was filled with fear. And before Jesus did a miracle to deliver him, Jesus required of him something. He required of him to imagine the possibility of a different future. You know, when we've had many difficult things happen and we look at our circumstances and it's embedded in our mind and our thoughts, you, you continually begin to think and imagine all kinds of bad outcomes about the future. But one of the things that Jesus requires of us, if we're going to see miracles of God, is we must understand where our imagination fits in with the walk of faith. And so before a miracle took place, Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible. Can you for a moment just imagine what life would be without your son tormented like that? Instead of fixing on what is, fix your imagination on what could be. Fix your thoughts not on what you see, but fix your thoughts on what could be. I want to share with just you a couple of things about your imagination, but before I do, just I want you to think about maybe a work situation. Just think about your workplace just for a moment. Close your eyes, and I want you to begin to think about your workplace. Think, see the faces of the people. Let your imagination just form pictures of the people. Maybe it's one particular work situation that's very difficult. Maybe it's in your school. It's a classroom or maybe a particular teacher, or maybe a particular uh, person or people in the class you're having difficulty with. Or perhaps it's your home and your family, your parents, or your children. It doesn't matter, no matter what it is. I want you just to imagine a situation where there's some unsaved person there, and it is quite a challenge for you. And this is what I want you to do, just with your eyes closed. You got fixed on someone? Now I want you to begin to imagine that person being saved see them there and all that harshness and hardness and distance has gone from their life and there you see them they've said yes to Jesus Christ you're amazed they've said yes to Jesus Christ they've come up in an altar call there they are you're standing alongside them they're receiving Jesus Christ all that harshness and hardness has melted. There is the person saved, joined to God. Now when you look at them, they're different. The hardness is gone. The harshness is gone. The person is saved. 
Can you hold a picture like that in your mind? If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. What would your relationship with that person be like once they were saved? There they are. You both love God. Now things that were between you have gone. That relationship has shifted. Isn't that a future to dare to believe for? Isn't that something? Oh, how wonderful if such a thing would happen. You see, most of us, our mind is fixed on what is instead of what could be. So when we pray, our mind's fixed on the things that are instead of what could be. When you come and pray, you have to pray in faith, believing. So you need to see what could be. How do you see that? It's with your imagination. This is what could be. What about your own life? What could be in your own life? What could be in your future? Do you dare to imagine it and dream it? Continually in the Bible, God tells us to look. When Jesus appeared to Joshua, he stood with him and revealed who he was. So first of all, we need a revelation of who God is, and we need to continue in that revelation. Then he said to Joshua, he said, Joshua, look. And Joshua's standing there looking down at this huge city. It's got mighty walls and great barricades and very highly armored. No army could easily get into that city. And as he looked at the city with all the huge walls, it was probably it was quite a daunting thing. It's his first military challenge. And then God says, look, see, imagine. I've given the city into your hands. And as he looked, God enabled him to see something he'd never seen before. He seed walls crumbling. Walls falling down. The army of God entering the city and the city on fire. He saw it. He imagined it. He saw it in his imagination. And faith rose in his heart. And seven days later, it was a reality. Imagination's a wonderful thing. Imagination's a wonderful thing. So imagine something. You form a mental picture. Every one of us has got pictures in our mind. We've got many pictures. Our memory is full of pictures. You've got pictures of your past experiences, wonderful times and very bad times. You have some times that are quite painful. If you remember them and imagine them, then you start to connect with the pain of them. So our imagination connects us to the world of the Spirit. Our imagination connects us to our inner man. Your imagination is your capacity inside to be able to make a mental picture of the future, a mental picture of something that could be. It's a wonderful, wonderful part of your life. But the trouble is so often it's misused. You know, no one has ever sinned without first imagining the sin. So before sin comes out of hell and enters the earth and finds expression, first of all, someone has to imagine and see themselves sinning. They see the picture of something 
and they begin to reach out. The Bible says in James 1, a man is tempted not by God, but by his own lust, when virtually in his heart he imagines what it would be like to taste, to see, to experience. Huh? Then it begins to lock inside him. Then he begins to lust after it. Finally, it's conceived in the heart. So whatever we imagine, we then begin to conceive in the heart. I can remember walking into a, a meeting one time, and there was a man sitting in a wheelchair, and I was a bit annoyed that they put a wheelchair in front of the door as I walked in because I'm thinking of really wanting God to move tonight, and then there's a wheelchair there. And in my mind, I was thinking a wheelchair is hard. I was remembering other experiences where I'd prayed for people in wheelchairs, and they never got out of the wheelchair. It was like a mocking spirit would rise up. I'd pray and walk away defeated. So when I saw the wheelchair, what rose up in me was a picture of previous experiences which were disappointing. And so the feelings of disappointment rose up, and I was annoyed. I went to my place to worship God, and the Lord said, I want you to change how you see this. And said, I want you to see that man healed. And so while everyone's worshiping, I'm standing there imagining the man being healed. So I used my own mind to see what God says is possible. Is it the will of God to heal? It certainly is. Is God able to heal? Certainly He can. So I spent time imagining that healing, to, and suddenly it conceived in my heart. Faith rose, and I knew I had it. I got so excited. Everyone else is worshiping, and I'm jumping up and down thinking, that man's healed, and he's still in the wheelchair. But I got it. It's as good as there. By faith, all things are possible to him who believes. I was, I was in a place of believing, not doubt. How did I get to that place of believing? I had to use my imagination to see the Word of God being fulfilled. I went over to that man. I saved him till the very end. Went over to that man, prayed for him, knelt down in front of him, prayed for him, took his hand, helped him up, and he got out of the wheelchair for the first time in so many years and walked unaided. Now, here's the thing. The thing that caused the miracle to take place was the power of God. But the way I accessed the power of God was with the imagination. See, tonight we had people come up and who are lonely. Now, what's happening when you're lonely is you have pain, you have feelings, you have overwhelming sensations. And in your mind, the pictures are, I'm all alone. So what I got you to do was to change the picture to the picture of truth that God is with me. Just got to use your imagination to begin to see the truth of the Word of God, that God is not far from us. And as you began to do it, suddenly it moved from you imagining it to it starting to become reality. People start to cry, feel the presence of God. That's the way we can use our imagination. We enter in through the Word of God into experiencing God and experiencing miracles. So your imagination is a crucial part of your life. Your imagination can be polluted. You can have so many memories and pictures that your mind is dominated whenever you close your eyes by unclean things, by thoughts of fear, all kinds of things. They're all pictures. You have to cleanse your imagination. So your imagination is your creative faculty. Your imagination enables you to see a future different to the one that's there. Your imagination is able to become linked with faith to bring that future into being. Before the world was created, God imagined it in detail. 
And so your imagination, if the devil can pollute it and put pictures of the fearful future, pictures of a bad future, then you will imagine that and your heart will be overwhelmed with fear. No faith will come. And even though you pray, what will happen when you pray? Nothing happens because the imagination and the heart are fixed on a different future than the one you're speaking. So we have to cleanse our imagination with the Word of God. So if you've got unclean pictures, well, just don't try and say, I shouldn't think that. Let them come up and hold the blood of Jesus Christ. Paint the picture out until using your imagination by applying the blood, the power of the Spirit of God breaks the hold of that thing that's in your mind. Thank God can do it. And then I need to exercise my imagination. You need to exercise yours concerning your own life and your future. What you are imagining will become your future. If you keep imagining it, eventually your life will move towards it. So you have to think, what is going on in my mind? What am I imagining about my future? So the first thing is, the Bible says in Psalm 37, if I delight myself in the Lord, in other words, be soft and flexible, be a worshiper of God, loving Him, then He will give me the desires of my heart. So I can then imagine. If I know that I'm soft before the Lord, I can begin to imagine a life with God, a life with God moving through me, a different kind of life. So when you begin to stir yourself up in prayer, then what happens is you can begin to imagine. Imagine the Word of God. Imagine yourself laying hands on people and the power of God healing them. Imagine you're speaking to your friends and God is touching their heart and they're being saved. Imagine God is giving you ideas and you're starting to find openings come and you are starting to prosper in life. Imagine God is giving you ideas. I was talking to a businessman and God gave him a dream, a picture, and in his imagination he saw a picture of a product and that product has been worth hundreds of thousands of dollars to him. Uh, some of you have seen a compound bow. It's uh, not like an ordinary bow. It's got levers and pulleys and things and whatever. But the man who got that and designed that saw a picture in his imagination of a different design. Something dr God dropped into his mind. And he wrote it down and designed it and has made a lot of money from it. God has got things to put into your imagination. So we need to cleanse our imagination by the Word of God and taking those negative pictures and painting them out. We need to present our imagination to the Lord and begin to meditate in the Word of God, begin to picture what the Word of God says. You can imagine the Word of God, and as you do that, you begin to get into the picture. Today, one of the problems we have with so much television and, and particularly video games and little phones with all kinds of games and things, here's the biggest problem with them. They preoccupy your imagination and override and dull your capacity to dream. And that's where the dilemma with them comes. Is you tend to depend on them and become addicted to them instead of actually using your capacity to dream. Now God, the Bible says very clearly that in the last days, dreams, visions, pictures, where do they come? Into your imagination. So God has got dreams and pictures and things to put into your imagination. You've got to position yourself by prayer and through keeping a clean mind and heart uh, to be able to imagine a different future, imagine possibilities. Do they become reality straight away? No, they don't. But your dreams and imaginations will become your future if you keep repeating them until they conceive in your heart. Then you have to plan how to implement them. You have to begin to prepare a plan and begin to then work at what you're doing. Work at it till you get it to work.
You have to speak it. The Bible says in Romans 4, 17, that God calls things that be not as though they are. So I remain soft in the Lord and energize my inner man. I begin to dream and see the possibilities, begin to declare and speak the possibilities, and then plan for those possibilities to take place. How do you become qualified as a doctor? You have a dream. You keep seeing yourself one day. There you'll be operating on people, touching and changing the lives of many people. When everyone's caught and you begin to talk, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I have a dream in my heart. I imagine my future being quite different to what it is. I will be a doctor and I will help people. Then you have to convert it to reality. You have to actually plan and walk your way down there. So if you're in primary school, the dream of being a doctor is probably about 15 to 20 years away. So you don't automatically walk into your dreams and imaginations. There is a process to get there. Some of them is very quick, but some of them is longer. But if you don't imagine something different in the future, if you don't imagine your future and create your future with your imagination, you'll just drift with the crowd and with circumstances. Imagine what your life could be. Imagine if every believer in Bay City, seven, 800 people, reached one friend for Christ and 1,600 people belong to the kingdom of God. Imagine if those 1,600 people all won one person to Christ. And now we've got another 1,600, 3,200 people. And imagine if 3,200 people all won one friend to Christ, 6,400 people. Wouldn't take very long, and this whole area would be transformed. Imagine what it would be like. You know, years ago, uh, when we came here, about 1987, there was a great, 85 we came, but in 1987, there was a crash. And there was a tremendous stock market crash. And when the stock market crash came, businesses started to close down. Timona Works, 1,800 jobs lost. Walker 2, 1,200 jobs lost. And, and the downfall was an onflow of lots of jobs being lost everywhere. And there was a general sense of despair over the bay, and people were leaving. So we had families, whole families going out to Australia, and it was very, very bad. And the Lord spoke to us about doing something. And so we had a church planted in Napier at that time, and so we got up on the tomato, up in tomato Peak, and they got up there on Bluff Hill, and we began to speak and declare a different future. We began to imagine what Hawke's Bay could be like with a different future. Everyone was seeing the depression. Everyone was seeing the recession. And we began to look what could be and begin to speak what could be. And you know what we were speaking? We were speaking, now it sounded ridiculous at the time. We were speaking that money shall come in from around the world to invest in Hawke's Bay. That money shall come from Asia, Europe and Africa uh, and, and uh, America and shall invest in Hawke's Bay. The Hawke's Bay shall be a favored place that money shall come and this place here will prosper and grow and be a different place. And we did that for quite a long time. Who was here when we did that? And it was seen to be one of the craziest things of all to do. It's almost like, what are you guys dreaming of? Well, we're imagining a better Hawke's Bay, a different Hawke's Bay. And when I look around now, and I see land that everyone said, they used to speak of uh, Flaxman, oh, that shingle riverbed, useless land. 
and someone found that the land that was useless was one of the best wine-growing places in the world. People began to bring money in. Now when you go around, you see vineyards everywhere. But I remember when that was just imagination. And we went around, and you look around, you see cafes. The whole culture around this area has totally changed. But someone had to see a better future. Someone had to imagine life could be different. Someone had to. So your future, well, it has yet to be written. But the first place it's written is in your imagination. And then if you can see it, it can become reality. If you can see it, can you see what others can't see? You're a leader if you can. Can you see a different future? You're a leader if you can. Can you say something different, far above and beyond what others see? And they laugh at you and call you the dreamer. You're the leader. You're the one who's going somewhere because you have a dream, and that's your future. We need to dream. We need to dream. Imagine what would happen if a revival broke out in this high school. And it had to stop because the presence of God was there. And everyone was weeping, and they didn't know why they're weeping. The presence of God was there. Can you imagine you walking into a shop? You start to talk to someone, and they begin to weep, and then others begin to weep. The presence of God comes. Can you imagine what it's like to be in the middle of a revival? Imagine. Imagine what could be. All things are possible to him that believes. So why don't you begin to imagine? Instead of watching so many movies and staring at so many things, take your imagination and begin to fill it with possibilities of a different future for yourself and others. Begin to get the Word of God and picture and imagine that Word of God and speak and hold it over that future. Declare, it shall be according to my Word. Begin to plan how it could become reality. Believing God. It's an interesting thing that when people came to Jesus, you know what he asked them so often? What is it you want? What can you imagine? Lord, my eyes. Lord, the leprosy. Lord, my son raised from the dead. See, this is how God works. Imagine. Imagine a different future. Can you imagine? Or is your imagination filled with your past? And you're doomed to just recreate what you've been walking in. Dare to imagine a different future. I remember talking to John Mondera, and he imagined a future where he would come to New Zealand and meet people that would help him build in Uganda. And he packed his bag, and his bag was packed, and he said, I will open that bag when I go to New Zealand. And for three or four months, that bag remained on the floor, packed. People laughed at him, but he, had, he imagined carrying that bag to New Zealand and meeting people, and he did. Can you imagine? What are you imagining? What are you imagining? It's time to let our imagination be preoccupied with a great future for us individually and as a great church.